Welcome back to the Basement Fellow Music Lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. We thank you for choosing to hang out with us for just a little while longer. Um, got a really good podcast for you this week for a couple reasons. One, uh, one of the band we're talking about, Teenage Fan Club, uh, sort of legendary alternative band from Scotland. Uh, I just actually just saw them at the 930 Club play. Uh, Skylar Goodaz opened for them. And uh, we're going to have an interview with her here in a couple weeks. But uh, the show was amazing. And uh, the coverage is going to be up. Matt shot the show. Matt Condon. Uh, but they have a new album out on Merge. It is called Here. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. But more importantly, we're going to be talking about that with uh, myself, Patrick, and, and Michael Zwern. Who, you know, we've always said that, uh, you know, if you, if you want to come hang out, if you want to be on this, if you want to do this. Just shoot me an email. Uh, turns out Michael lives around the corner from the basement here and and had been listening to the podcast and realized, shit, we were literally right around the corner. And I, I'm talking like a block and a half, maybe two blocks max. Um, had, a, had a sort of history in, in college radio, so this is sort of his jam, and, and said, hey, man, can I come by? And, and he did, and it was amazing. And uh, this is but, but the first of hopefully many podcasts you'll be hearing him on, so... Uh, you know, I don't know, throw up a cheer, set up some fireworks, welcome welcome Michael to the podcast here in whatever way you see appropriate. Um, it's also good that he was here because the story we're going to talk about is how uh, Tinder and Spotify have sort of merged forces so you can have, uh, have your anthem, as it were. Uh, and, you know, the three of us are essentially middle-aged married people, uh, and uh, so, so we know nothing about any of this, like truthfully. Uh, so it's a nice, sort of fun, awkward conversation uh, going on about that. That uh, we may actually be asking for feedback because uh, I still have no fucking clue how one would use Tinder, despite the ease of use. Um, but I am notoriously bad at searching the internet, so that's not surprising. Uh, and uh, also, Stronger Sex is back. They have a new song out. Uh, we're going to be talking about that very shortly. Actually, it's going to be coming out the, this Sunday. So we're going to be talking about that pretty shortly. Uh, after we get through this album review, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about real quick as we get into the uh, end of this election season, before we get to these album uh, reviews and news and all that stuff, uh, a thing came across my desk uh, the other day, and I think it's sort of great. It's called 30 Days, 30 Songs. Uh, this is uh, songs written and recorded by musicians for a Trump-free America. Now, this was uh, created by one Dave Eggers. He is a notable uh, author, an author of of not ill repute, <laughs> of just repute. Uh, and, and you've got artists like Death Cab for Cutie, you've got uh, Franz Ferdinand, you've got Amy Mann, you've got Tao and the Get Down, Stay Down, El Vey, uh, you see R.E.M., we've got uh, Filthy Friends, uh, which is people that are in Sleater Kinney and and, uh, and R.E.M. Um, got a whole bunch of supergroups in there. Basically, it's badass. They're doing a song a day. Uh, and so I just wanted to shout that out. You're going to look down in the show notes and um, and see some links to there's a Spotify playlist and there's an Apple Music playlist. There's also a website you can go to uh, that I believe um, uh, will give you some sort of insight of what their cause is. This is actually a nonprofit, so this is all proceeds generated by 30 Days for 30 Songs are going to be donated to the Center for Popular Democracy. And uh, their main gist is they want to achieve universal voter registration for all Americans, which is rad as fuck, people, right? So... 
uh, that is 30 songs, uh, 30 days, 30 songs right there. And uh, so check it out more. We might talk about it a little more on the podcast and get a little more in depth. Uh, and I certainly would like to talk to some of the artists at some point who took part in this as we get closer to, uh, to you know, that day. Uh, so just want to let that let that fly there. Uh, I guess it's time to do the podcast. So without further ado, going to let you join us in progress down here in the basement. Here you go. This is episode number 227 of Chunky Glass of the Podcast, where we're reviewing the new album from Teenage Fan Club here. Okay. It comes here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Nearly a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up and get an ass So now when someone gets your photo on Tinder, <laughs> and all of us are married, so hopefully none of us are on Tinder. But, um, well, this is... This is... But, but it, like, you have entrance music now, basically. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This Which, is, and this is, the, and this is the thing. It's like, How much is Barry White going to make off of this? Well, we were, he sent me an email. I was like, what's the number one track? Closer? And I was, I was like, I like Big Bucks. I mean, do you guys I just want to talk like, about this you... now? <laughs> sure. <laughs> we, we totally can. Uh, Whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, we, we just, yeah, we were already talking about it, so oh, we, can, we can figure this out. Uh, Patrick, welcome back. Hey, man. Uh, we have, a, we have a, a noob in the basement who is uh, Mr. Zwern uh, of the Brookland neighborhood. How you doing, sir? Very good. Thank you for having me. Um, you came to us basically like Patrick and everybody else, mm-hmm. right? And just sent an email? Absolutely. Yeah. Been listening to the podcast, checked out the website, glanced randomly at the contact us address, and I thought, <laughs> wait a minute, that's by my house. So what are we doing for hazing rituals? He has to eat a ball of wasabi? Yeah, you have to like dust the yeah, 311 CDs. Oh, no, you have to dust 311 <laughs> CDs. Very nice. <laughs> Eduardo is, is, is re- removed from his duties. He's relieved. Wow, now, very nice. Uh, good. It's good to have you. It's good to like, I, I actually have been talking about, we have a little listserv in Brooklyn here. And I've been thinking about, because I know there's a lot of people up here that uh, do used to do some music writing, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said you were in college radio. And, uh, and I've been thinking about putting something out and just being like, hey, we're up here. Come hang out. Yeah, and the it's on. Group. It's on a weekend. Like if it, this is a Thursday night, but if yep. it's on a weekend, it's just hang out, drink mm-hmm. some beers. It's like, well, Brooklyn now has music. The Art and Culture Society is fantastic. Yeah. just down the street on Twelfth Street. Yeah, I was there last night. I mean, you can get good live music here in Northeast DC, mm-hmm. which is unheard of. Uh, not, not, not yet. Now any, not, not anymore. anymore. Uh, we're here today uh, to talk about a band uh, that you love, Michael, uh, and uh, we'll see if me and Patrick love them. <laughs> Uh, teenage fan club before that though you heard us sort of mumbling about some uh, tinder and some spotify so tinder as which Patrick, the podcast is on which the podcast is on no. uh I, I think we could figure out how to do that now though you probably should if, so yeah. so so and this is why because so if my end if i were on tinder i could have my entrance music be this that beer can opening and yes. the music yes the beginning could, of the podcast. The, the podcast so basically yeah. it's it's it the idea is they partner with uh, with Spotify, and if you don't know what Tinder is, you're you're basically sort of like us. We're all married, yeah, um, and old. And uh, but if if you are not, 
uh, either of those things. <laughs> Maybe if you're old, I don't know. Uh, it's an app, and you is it swipe right or swipe left? Which one is the good one? I think swiping right is the good one, but okay. maybe I got that from a movie. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Or a TV show. I, I, I legitimately don't know, and yeah. and and I've because I've legitimately wanted to make jokes about Tinder for a right. long time. Like I'm like maybe I'll sign up, and I know that's nothing but trouble. <laughs> yeah. Like I know yeah. somebody like one of Daria's friends will see like why is Kevin on Tinder? Like well, Ooh. why is Kevin on Grinder? More appropriately. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. So so at any rate, this is this ser- entire service is. Started out as a dating service, but we all know what it's for. It's just for hooking up. Yeah. If you need to, uh, you know, do your do on an evening, and you're single, and you find some other single person, and you just swipe right, I guess, and hook it up, and maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. Uh, as we know in life, romantification needs a lot of help, and nothing helps better than good music, right? So na- alcohol, well, alcohol, yeah. <laughs> so is that the next step? <laughs> What's the uh, what's the app delivery service? Every person like? has their own brand of whiskey that comes through the phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they pair with them, and now you can have your own anthem. Yeah. So you have a song that is basically going to say, like, this is what I'm all about. This is what I love now, and this is going to, like, pull you into me. Not not the uh, duck pose or whatever they call it. Uh, not not the... What, what are the popular... I should You're know talking this. about duck lips, where people, duck like, lips, purse yes, their lips, lips, and they what take a the selfie? Popular, there's popular poses on Tinder that I am just not... You're asking the wrong person. Like, you're my definitely asking that, the wrong person. Yeah, well, my Maybe wife says when, you're, so good when you're getting your... My <laughs> wife, who's very photogenic, will yeah. say, you got to turn your hips sideways and kind of... You can't look directly on because it makes you look kind of wide. So you got to, like, turn sideways. There's a whole art to, like, not, you know, taking good photos on a phone, which I am uh, not privy to. So I don't know. I guess... Maybe this makes up for some of if you if you've got a bad photo but a good song. Maybe does that give you a chance? Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. Did it did it ever give us a chance back in the day when we did not have an app? I don't <laughs> think college radio was ever the best way to get dates. No. <laughs> you so so college radio. How long have you and your wife been married? My wife and I have been married for twelve years. Was she? Were you uh, sort of pursuing her, or she pursuing you? It was while you were on college radio. No, more the former, but graduate school. Okay. So so let's. Presume that maybe there was a lucky lady in in the college days, right? Did you ever like get on the college radio and be like, "I'm spinning this track just for you, lucky lady"? A little bit, but it was more in mixtapes. It, it was actually more cassette and mixtapes. Mix tapes, oh, right. okay. yeah. Dating myself right. and dating uh, possibly one other person if I was lucky, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> uh, it was actually making mixed cassettes, and that yeah. was the that was the term of art, the mixtape back when they were still tapes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there were dedications on the air, and that's always uh, an attractive way to reach out to someone but the odds of her actually listening at that moment not high <laughs> yeah that was always the sad irony of it it was just you know i mean even younger like go back to like middle school or like early high school and you call in to like our radio station was z100 you call in and be like i'd like to recommend or or dedicate this phil collins song to this lucky lady when i see you smile by damn yankees <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah um i have a couple questions one is like if you've got a bad photo but a good song, which we've sort of just discussed, that's one That's one scenario. Mm-hmm. The other scenario is if you got, let's say you're like a really good looking in mm-hmm. shape dude. <laughs> yeah. But your song yeah. is like uh, My Humps or something. Just Color something awful. Right, Color Me Bad. Well, actually, that would be kind of funny. But Florida Georgia Line? Florida Georgia Line. <laughs> yeah. So bro, bro country. Top so cool. like, that's the second scenario. Right. And then the other thing is like, how many people that use Tinder are music snob enough 
that the song choice could ruin them being attracted to the photo? Is it like 0%, 1%? Is it higher? Because this, to me, if I were, again, none of us know what the hell how even Tinder works, but but if I were on Tinder and I saw a photo, but like, and I was serious about at least going on a date with someone, but right. the music that came up was was awful atrocious. Friday or whatever by well, What's Her Face, I'd be like, I'm not gonna go on a date with you. I'm gonna answer this with with a, a flashback to the time when we named these episodes, uh, <laughs> not by the album, uh, which you know the reason why we do that now, but uh, we we name them by what happens in the podcast. Oh, okay, sure, right? And 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 the name of this episode, based on what you just say, would be would be uh, Patrick. Everybody fucks. <laughs> and they find a way. Yes. I'm aware that people have sex. Like so so if you if but you know, if if this is how you're judging, you know, your right. potential mate for the evening and you're looking at that and it's all of a sudden a nickelback song. Oof. Like how much is that really going to drive you away to turn you off? I mean Are you I'm, I mean, I'm the wrong person to are, ask. I, I mean yeah. who, who's who out there, and really, I think we're talking to our listeners, like, who out there, are, are you looking for love on Tinder? Like, true love? No, right. so, 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 I'm so, thinking okay. that's not typical. Yeah. So if Tinder, if the app Tinder is about booty calls, mm-hmm. get, getting, it, getting it on, so then the song choices should mm-hmm. not be, no one should be picking, like, Dream On by, by Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Unless they're a free spirit. Unless they're, well, <laughs> even then. You should not be picking the Grateful Dead under like, any circumstance. Uh, you know, shake your ass. It should be Very uh, white. closer. Yeah, it should yeah. be, uh, we, you know. We, we started to put together a top ten. It should be like, Let's Get It like, On by Marvin Gaye. Like Sexy Closer, MF do by me. Prince. Like, you know, these, these are all mm-hmm. the logical yeah, choices. The entire D'Angelo catalog. <laughs> Sugar. Sorry, exactly. So, so here's the question. What happens when you find somebody, uh, if, if you're on this dinner, and they have a really, like, sensitive song? That tells you a lot about who they are. Not what they want, but who they are. Have you found true love on the internet? I mean... There are worse ways to make an initial characterization. I mean, the right yeah. song could mean a lot. Yeah. At least it'd be a good, say, you know, initial first step. You would not rule someone out on the basis as you would a Nickelback song. Mm. Are we agreed that we would rule somebody out on a Nickelback song? Yeah, yes. what would be the... Uh, well, but there are people that like Nickelback, so, but I think... Well, they should find one another. Certain, <laughs> <laughs> there's a certain cut of songs where I have to imagine that a, a decent chunk of people would just be like, no. But no. But, but, it, but in this room, like, what are, what, are, what, are, what are we looking for here? Like, what... Well, what, they also what's, the, the, what's the NLB all of like, like the aesthetic though of Tinder? So you're not going to put "You Are My Sunshine," right? Like Maybe. that would just ruin the vibe, wouldn't it? Of what Tinder or just is make supposed it weird. to be? Like that, <laughs> weird. that's that's the whole thing about this pairing with this is hilarious because people are into so many different things. Like who the fuck God. knows? Maybe your fetish is somebody who sings "You Are My Sunshine." Well, I don't know, pegging you? I, I don't know. Uh, I don't <laughs> even know what pegging is. This, yeah, this podcast, anyway. this is an abrasive podcast yeah. for your first one, Michael. But <laughs> yeah, wow. You are my sunshine, it's pretty rough. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, where where's the line that we're drawing here? I, I like your answer. Let them find each other. Well, I mean, here's right. the thing. So you got music that people think is associated with sex. You got R&B, you got mm-hmm. some jazz, you got certain kinds of music that is associated with sensuality. And if that's what people are looking for, that's a safe bet. It would be very odd to hear, like, I don't know, church music in a Tinder <laughs> podcast. You know, someone's, you know, someone's got a selection mm-hmm. of popular mm-hmm. contemporary Christian hymns. Yeah. You might wonder. You know, it might just raise some questions. Yeah. You know, hardcore industrial, that works for some people. Okay. Yeah. 
well, there are some things that just maybe don't Christian work. Mingle should have the music Christian option. Christian Mingle, and then there, there, Spotify. There are, very, okay. there are segmented apps right. for that, so that mm-hmm. that might work on. I mean, I'm I'm gonna. I, yeah, I can't imagine, like, if, again, this is a weird thing, because I have a lot of friends, like, uh, Hometown Sounds Paul. Yep. He uses Tinder a lot. Sometimes bad things happen. Oh, boy. <laughs> Tinder. Uh, I got all the friends who use it, and, I, and, I, and I'm interested, uh, and I was asking him today, and he was like, I haven't hooked it up yet, and I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, and so I just told him, I said, what do you want to say about yourself? And he never really responded, but I think the answer is really, like, whatever gets me laid. So what would your uh, music be, Kevin? I, I mean, it would be Boston. Of course, <laughs> it, it would be third stage. It would be the intro to this. And, and, but uh, because of the type of person I am, that, that's a gate. That's the gate for the, if you apply, if you actually go to the join me thing, you have to answer questions about third stage. I'm not even lying. <laughs> so, yeah, that's so, the gateway, right? Yeah. So you were asking, like, what the barrier to entry was, and that, that's it. That's um, it. And yeah, so so be some, it would be something like that, but simply because at that point you know somebody has a sense of humor, uh, because there's nothing worse to me where somebody is the type of person who's like, I really love music and music is everything, and then they just really like bad music, like that's so <laughs> awful. That is that is the worst. See, I'm clearly not equipped for this. No, because I'd, be like, yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like. Simply Beautiful by Al Green, or like Black oh. Black is the Color of My True Love's Hair by Nina Simone, or something really sincere. So you're just baiting yeah. the trap. <laughs> I don't know if I am. I, that's just what I would pick. That's Those are the songs that, you know, to me are about love. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> then, so I'm using the app wrong, clearly. If I were on the app, which I'm not. I think you could find the right Al Green song, you could find the wrong Al Green yes, song. Yes. yes. Uh, so what about you, Michael? I'm so far removed from the demographic that is this shall we say target audience i'm a hard, i'm having a hard time thinking about it right it was it was difficult well it wasn't difficult for me <laughs> well see the thing is you know, the right answer for me would be wilco but never mind Wilco, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, i'm sure that works for some people right. you put jesus etc on there and you're like yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, how does this make you feel like of american yeah, yeah that yeah. will totally work yeah now i'm thinking you know the stuff that moves me is not necessarily the stuff that you want to use as an advertisement for yourself right because you're trying to basically advertise yourself right that's the the thrust if you pardon the pun of this app, right? <laughs> right? You're trying to sell yourself to a potential short-term buyer or yes. renter. <laughs> so get it on Bang a Gong by a, a that T-Rex. That would be direct. Actually, I changed mine. Yeah. The theme from Shaft. That's oh, always well, been my Isaac, Isaac Hayes, That's Barry Way. Those okay. are obviously going to work. Yeah, Isaac Hayes, Barry Way. So, I mean, I would, you know, the stuff that I love Tori Amos, I'm not going to want to oh, put no, Tori no, Amos yeah. on a oh, no, profile. Oh, no, 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 no. And I very, very sincerely love Tori Amos, but I'm not. No, no offense, it Tori Amos, work. but that's some seriously unsexy music. You know, uh, pastries so, in a G string by Tom Waits. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, you know, Christmas cards from a hooker there in you go. Minneapolis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Leonard Cohen, Hallelujah! Like, no. There's like no. a never-ending list so, of songs. So, how many people are going to use Hallelujah? A lot, really? That's yeah. the sad thing. What? Yes, yes. That's not a sexy and, song. And I just thought about. Doesn't that's matter. A, they're like wrong, it, but yes, yeah. It's like so, and and I just realized this. How is this going to start influencing the charts? Well, I hope it sells and the some, Spotify plays. That's what I, I'm saying. I hope it makes some money for some halfway decent artists on Tinder. Well, no, it, but, I think it might actually but narrow if we, things. If we start, if so, I don't know what the install base of Tinder is, 
But I do know Spotify just hit 40 million paid users. Right, that's right. They have 110 million using. Non-paying. Which yeah. the rest of you non-paying people, get mm-hmm. on board for a story we're going to mm-hmm. talk about on a later podcast. But so if you have this massive uh, install base, and how many of those people are we thinking are on Tinder? 50%? I would say lower ratio, but, you know, it's going to be a measurable proportion. It's yeah. probably at least 25. At least, uh, so, so even at 25%. Right. Talking Every 10 million song people. they start streaming is basically the booty call song. It's going to make some money and for what some are people. Your, what are your like weekly discovery mixes going to be? <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's the other thing. Shake that ass. <laughs> Do you pick a song that expresses sexuality, or as my brother likes to say, the internet is for being popular? Do you pick a song mm. that people? Oh, the, the, if you pick a song that more the most people like at mm-hmm. least enough to be like, well, <laughs> I kind of like the photo and I kind of like the song to sort of get you over. Yeah. And that's a different mm-hmm. strategy. Yeah. I mean, if you're like, if you look like D'Angelo circa, you know, <laughs> two D'Angelo Except albums ago, right. Then you can pick whatever the hell you want. It's not going to matter. You just pick the central song. But if you look like a normal person, do you pick a song that will make the, like enhance your photo because it's like smart Kind of sexual, kind of popular, but also kind of, you know, whatever else, yeah. like whatever qualities mm. you want to portray. So I don't know hmm. where the line's going to be on that. This is a seriously important topic we're discussing, gentlemen. But I think it could, <laughs> I think you're right that it could have implica- uh, serious implications about which songs get played on Spotify more than others. Like, so, f- from a with- sociological standpoint, it, it, it actually became like super fascinating to me because, <laughs> like, again, uh, title of the podcast would be Everybody Fucks. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that is... Uh, you, you, and, and Tinder is where this gets revealed as like, okay, what are their motivations? Right. We aren't mm-hmm. thinking about it. We're just going to put all this stuff on there. So, um, wow. You know, if... if <laughs> wow, was that... I mean, enlightening? I'm just... <laughs> so, I have, a tin, I have a tech question. Okay. If, if uh, person X is looking at pictures on tinder of people that are have expressed interest in them and they swipe left which i think means go away <laughs> does that mean when the picture pops up the song starts playing so that the artist whose song that is automatically gets a hit on spotify uh, how many seconds if, has if they play? swipe right then or is there some you, second screen where the song actually gets cued like i don't know how it works i i, I think when it brings it up it plays the song but that also uh, interesting dynamic because does that count as a play the song might not come up and then you swipe left and be like Oh fuck! They like that song, right. and then all of a sudden you're like, "Swipe right, come Whoa. on, get it back." I, yeah, so I don't know when does the song come up and when does it count as a play on Spotify, and how much of the song has to play for the artist to get royalties? Play is, I think ten, it's, ten, ten seconds. seconds. Yeah, so I think it's ten it's, seconds. It's I don't brief. think too many people are looking at those pictures for longer than about four seconds. Yeah, I, I'm hmm. thinking that there's not going to be a lot of money made for artists on Spotify with this, you know, app linked link to a lot the of money Tinder. made for Spotify. Then I'm sure not for the artist, but yeah, yeah. Hmm. But you can imagine, you know, if you can imagine, all right, so here's your scenario. You're an independent musician. You're on Tinder. You put your own stuff there. You try to encourage people to date you just to make money on the Spotify royalties. Maybe not the most effective strategy. <laughs> that yeah. way you can really cross promote. Yeah. Uh, well, I it's think funny. that it's might funny. be sort of a slow boat to China, though, because <laughs> no, you'd no, have no. to get I, so I many. A, I got a pitch from a band the other day. It said <laughs> they met on Tinder and they realized that the, the, the heat. Uh, from their fire was was more than they it consumed them. <laughs> What's the name of this band? band? <laughs> and this was supposed to make you want to listen to them. 
I, uh, dude, I should totally play this at the end of the podcast. You should. I, I don't want to look it up right now, though. But yeah, I mean, it was it, that was literally the pitch. I just assume it was Alt J. <laughs> no, no, it was it was an Irish uh, couple. Just it, was, it was a couple from Ireland, and they found true love in music well, and Tinder. Good. So, uh, uh, it works. Is that is that what we? Uh, I don't know. We're not the target demographic. But does Tinder also limit things by geography? Does that mean that people in Georgia are more likely gonna? Well, even white people in Georgia are more likely going to have country music come up as opposed to people in, I don't know. Way to profile, bro. Well, no, because <laughs> because you're talking about people in Ireland meeting on Tinder. I don't yes. know what how that... Do you just get pictures of people locally? I assume that's how it works. Yeah, I, I, th- I think yeah. it is locally. God, we sound old. Huh? <laughs> we sound old and married. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it'd be, it'd be weird if it... Right, why do I want to get well, a Tinder I mean, picture for someone in Japan? Be a like, different I'm not app going to Japan. Where it'd be like, I'm looking for the uh, international traveler. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, that's a different issue. Yeah. I guess most, probably when you join, you put in specifications about locality or. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Our I think it, that's how it works. Our ignorance is showing, but I figure it has to be locationally based. It has so to yeah, be. Yeah, it doesn't make right. any sense. So then that might have interesting. Maybe you'll be able to get a report in a, in a year or two that says most popular tinder song choices in state x or state y and or this, this is why it or this becomes region. fascinating and that could be totally because as soon as that report is released yeah then the kid living in mom's basement is right. like i really need to get laid yeah. and <laughs> what song what song this song is the heat this right. is the one 71 percent right. chance of success just kid rock straight across <laughs> the board for me <laughs> so uh, I think that's it for important issues. Oh boy, <laughs> you guys ready to talk about that some was teenage the fan club? news with quotes around <laughs> yes, it? Yes, <laughs> it was. Yeah, that was it, not really close to journalism, right there. Yeah. Here we go with uh, some teenage fan club. Excellent. You came to me with your The name of the track was I'm in Love. It was a uh, teenage fan club, Scottish alternative rock band, uh, formed way back in 1989. This is a revered band. In fact, I think, uh, Michael, you are. Would you classify yourself as a super fan or not? No, not at all. I've never seen them in concert, which is why I'm so excited oh, really? to see them next month here in D.C. Well, they took a little break from their albums. So they maybe, they, maybe that's why. They're, they, every once in a while, they get back together, the five, six years sometimes, and they put out another record. and. They're all good, and they're very consistent, and they've been around doing this for a very long time now. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, heard, you listen to that, you thought you were a big star. They heard the birds, a uh, little super dragon there. Mm-hmm. And and obviously, like, Bell and Sebastian, because Scottish. Scottish. Come on. Like that. <laughs> that's that's a given. I think they predate Bell and Sebastian. I think they, they might, do. too. Yeah. But, yep. uh, but, you know, Scotland's small. Yeah. Glasgow's <laughs> only so big. Yeah. Uh, band's made up of Norman Blake on vocals and guitar, Raymond McGinley on vocals and lead guitar, Gerard Love. That's a cool fucking name, man. Mm-hmm. Vocals and bass, Francis McDonald, drums, 
uh, Dave McGowan on keyboards. Uh, they are out now. It is on Merge Records. Mm-hmm. Like they are. Uh, was their last album on Merge? Yes, I they've been on Merge yeah. for a while in the United States. Yeah, they started on Matador over here, though. Mm-hmm. Right, and they were initially on Creation back in Scotland. Yes, they were one of the very, very. Yeah. They also ones. had Primal, Primal Scream. Scream. Yep. yep. Yes, Jesus and, uh, and Mary Chain. That's right. Yeah, great. That'd be a good podcast to do about Creation. Yeah. There's a documentary about that album. Is there? Yeah, and it's it's pretty amazing. <laughs> the bands that went through there. Was Oasis the last Creation band? Or I'm not sure, but you know, you think English and you think Scottish, and you think they're very different scenes. They they are. Yeah. Oasis was always a huge fan of Teenage Fan Club. They would always right. refer to them as the second best band of the world, <laughs> which indicates something about their egos. But it was very complimentary nonetheless. So 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 this album uh, is coming. Like a lot of people, like really. Looking forward to it. Matt actually is a huge fan. Uh, yeah, takes, Matt does, Condon. Matt Condon does our live stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, since you, since you're the, the the newbie here, Michael, let's start with you. Uh, so you're obviously looking forward to it. Uh, how does this deliver for you? I mean, the thing about Teenage Fan Club is that you can admire their consistency. Their albums are all pretty uniformly good. They're all very good records. Each individually has one or two or three songs by the three lead songwriters, and there are three lead songwriters and lead singers in the band mm-hmm. that are really classic songs, and they're craftsmen in the sense that they're not trying to do anything revolutionary. They're just exceptionally good writers in the power pop form. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the antecedents are very clear. Big Star, Birds, Beatles, the Beach Boys, they love harmonizing, and they're great harmonists. But I mean, they're not trying to do stuff that is necessarily revolutionary. They're just very good at writing three and four minute songs. Right, And when they do it, they put out high quality, and they've you know they don't have huge egos. I think they're they're very happy reforming every couple of years, and they tour, and then they put a record out, and then they go back and they do other things. Norman Blake, I think, now lives in Toronto, mm-hmm. and he's now um, yes, Canada, right? Yes, that that is where Toronto is. <laughs> no, no, I just was trying to remember. I just read something about the but yeah. yeah, and he got a, he has a project with another non-canadian living in toronto joe perney so the perney's brothers and they get together and they write songs they have a you know they have an album that's out yeah and then they get together they, they all have other projects but teenage fan club has been remarkably long-lived and i'm excited by here not so much because of individual songs that are on it all i think you know i'm in love is very good there's a lot of other good stuff on it and the record's growing on me but i'm just excited that they're still doing what they do and i'm looking forward to seeing them here in washington it's it's interesting because I was never a, uh, a a huge fan of them just because I not not because I don't like them mm-hmm. because I just didn't pay attention to them mm-hmm. but like I I was a huge fan of stuff like Matthew Sweet uh-huh. who is a yep. who is definitely mm-hmm. pulling from there who actually just played at the Birchmere here Absolutely. and is still doing his thing and I mm-hmm. see that guy's career mirroring like what these guys were doing like Bandwagon Esco is mm-hmm. definitely familiar with ninety one yeah but then after that it was just sort of like oh okay you know, lost track of them mm-hmm. and and I'm hearing this and. Um, one thing for me at least is that I, I think you're right. It's it's good that they're out here. They're still doing this type of thing, but it's a very safe record. It's mm. a very pleasing record, but it's a very very safe record. It's very much in their lanes. It's uh, it's yeah. It's and it's very much in the power pop lanes. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know uh, how familiar you guys are with Sloan. Sure. Which is I was going to reference them in this context. Good. So, good. so you beat me to it. So uh, another band that I feel is the same thing. Where, Absolutely. Where I. I feel like they they clearly are doing uh, master craftsmen, mm-hmm. but when I hear their records and I hear their songs, there's always just a little bit more that I need to mm-hmm. be satisfied by it. Well, the other interesting point of comparison with Sloan is that each of them have a bunch of lead singers and lead yes, songwriters. Yeah. And so as a result, the bands don't necessarily have a face to them. I mean, 
no one thinks the face and of maybe Teenage Fan it. Club is Norman or you know Gerald or whatever. No one thinks the face of Sloan is this guy or the other guy, whatever. They've actually put out a record Sloan has where they're you know each member of the band has I think a side. Last one. Yeah, exactly. And you know that's fantastic. They're all that versatile. They can all do that. But as a result, they don't necessarily have the unifying vision that is a single that fantastic song. though. Is that I mean it's it fantastic raises, Int- it, intellectually because I think it, I think you're, yeah. you're probably a lot like me where you're like you you see the 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 art of that and be like that yeah that's that's nerdy as fuck and that's good <laughs> it is nerdy but but the or it's act- utopian as fuck or it's utopian it's yeah. very democratic utopian as fuck well, could well, be the name well, of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> no it's everybody fucks oh, sorry <laughs> uh but uh but is it though does it produce a good album or just a thing uh that you look at and be like wow these guys are great musicians and this great craftsman uh and i appreciate that so i'm gonna i'm gonna pay attention to this mm-hmm I think there's a little bit of that. I was actually, and I brought it over just to remind myself of some of the band's history. I brought over the compilation, which is memorably called 4,766 Seconds, a mm-hmm. shortcut to Teenage Fan Club. That is, as you might suspect, how long the disc is. It's just, just, just barely long, uh, long enough that they were able to squeeze it onto a single CD. And the consistency is unbelievable. And because they're working in a lot of different forms. They have ballads. They have some stuff that's country-influenced. They have some stuff with very loud, you know, Guitar, they did come out of Glasgow in the late 1980s. Sure. They did loud guitar stuff. But the craftsmanship is all there. And then you think that, well, there's three songwriters, and sometimes uh, McDonald writes a little bit too. Mm-hmm. There's three songwriters, and you ne- you can't necessarily pop on a, a, a track from anywhere in Teenage Fan Club's uh, discography and think, oh, yeah, that's a Norman Blake song from this era because their, their consistency is sort of the hobgoblin of the band. Mm-hmm. Because... You can respect it, and I've never seen them in concert. I'm really interested to see how the vibe works out in concert. Do they all alternate leads? Do they step forward to the to the microphone and and sing their own respective songs? Or is I'm it just like curious. a robotic? It's a. <laughs> I hope it's not robotic, but yeah. I mean, the the band's strengths are at the same time one of their weaknesses in the sense that you know you can really admire some songs, and there are teenage fan club songs that I would definitely feel are among the best pop songs written in the last couple decades yeah. they're, they're that good but you can't necessarily think in your head like oh man you know that that blake guy he's incredible that love guy wow i'd love to see him you know they're not front men in the classic way that a well, stipe or a bono and, or a robert and, smith and, or whatever patrick's being strangely quiet over there but I'm, i, I, I want to give you the floor here I'm, in a second but i i see that as uh as not a, necessarily a good quality like mm-hmm. they they are hmm. Because we know what a good pop song is. Yeah. Right? But then you hear like a really, truly, and I'm and and not going to kick it out of the genre here, but something like Beyonce does. <laughs> and that's a whole, and it's still pop, but that's a mm-hmm. whole nother genre. It is. Or a whole nother level. I won't say genre. It's still pop. So uh, maybe I'm, I'm struggling to find where the place that power pop has in, mm-hmm. in the pop sphere. Well, okay, so here's the thing. I'm a big, pretty, a pretty dedicated power pop listener. So the thing about power pop is it was never fashionable. It was never fashionable at the time that the late 1970s of the power pop movement was coming out. Mm-hmm. It was anachronistic then. It was looking back at an earlier period of rock sure. and roll. And then the bands that arose in the 1990s that were looking back at the big stars or looking back at the raspberries, they were anachronistic for a second degree of anachronism they were looking mm. back at a genre that was by its definition not really representing the fashion at the time mm-hmm. and so you have to sort of 
respect that they are working in a tradition that they admire, that they may love, but it's never going to be the stuff that grasps the heartstrings of the country or wherever they are. So I think Mm. that, you know, there are bands that are very ironic in their power pop appreciation. And 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 those are are no good. Well, I mean, Matthew Sweet's not ironic. Velvet Crush were not ironic. Teenage Fight Club, not ironic. They're very sincere about this stuff. The ones that are ironic are not good. They're not good. They're not good. But I mean, these guys really love this craft, uh-huh. and they love the the antecedents and their uh, you know their ancestors in the craft. That yeah, I happen to see. This is a funny bit digression. I happen to see the Flame and Groovies mm-hmm. at mm. the Rock and Roll Hotel, and you know the Flame and Groovies were a power pop band that existed even before that genre was defined yep. in the late nineteen sixties. And then their 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 big hit was called Shakes in Action, right. and that was actually the title that was given to a power pop compilation or two. And the woman standing next to me I was chatting with was Mary Timoney of X Hex. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mary Timoney, you know, legendary indie rock songwriter, singer, performer here in Washington, you know, she's totally sincere about how much she loves this music. That's what X Hex is about. It's about re- admiring the 70s power pop, mm-hmm. hard rock of that era. Yeah. And, you know, she was totally digging Flame and Groovies. And Flame and Groovies were, were never fashionable. Yeah. Teenage Fan Club was briefly fashionable. You know, 1991, Bandwagon Esque was named Record of the Year by Spin. Ahead of in utero and out of time. Oh no, never mind. Sorry, not in your yes. Uh, Never mind uh, and uh, out of time. A small minor record by a band called Nirvana. Yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, Yeah. no, I remember. I I bought. I bought the CD because I was so mad. Mm, You were so mad. Which a magazine put them ahead of uh, Nirvana. Ahead of Nirvana. I also loved Out of Time, but I just had this. I was. I had a that was like right when it came out. I was in high school at the time, a little younger, but. But I remember being like, what? And so I bought it, it, and I was possibly, like, oh, this is pretty good. How could it be so. possibly better than Nirvana or R.E.M.? That's right, what you're thinking. Right. I think the thing is, I mean, and, and, and God love them, I mean, like Teenage Fan Club, they, they hit a, a spot that for a brief period in at least Britain was very popular. Mm-hmm. At the Britpop movement, they kind of got lumped into that. But they didn't go Britpop. I mean, songs from Northern Ireland or whatever the hell that... Northern album, Britain. Northern They're Britain is like, whatever the hell it's called is... <laughs> right. That's like almost going... That was at the height of like the Blur Oasis thing uh-huh. in '97, and they, went and they yeah, totally went the other way. They went a different direction, but I mean, Oasis and Blur like admired that stuff too. Of like, course, because they're less popular. <laughs> I like this band; they're not a threat to me. They're not. Uh, they're not, they're not yeah. selling as many records as we are, where we can admire them. Right. No, I, I, I mean, it's very funny because when you think of the, you know, the the reference, one of the songs, the actually very much a ballad by McGinley, is called "Your Love Is the Place That I Come From." Yeah. And and that's a song that um, Nick Hornby, the author, has named as you know one of his favorite songs ever. He's actually put chapters mm. in his book named after that. And he's, it's it's a very unassuming, but it's such a classically constructed pop ballad. You know, mm-hmm. it's just beautifully written. It's not fancy. Nothing lyrically in a teenage fan club song is ever going to be fancy. These people do not have a no, the highly, lyrics are not. They do not have a highly yeah. evolved lyrical sensibility. But it's just very sincere. It's you know, it's well or song naming sensibility. <laughs> well, yeah, the titles of the song on the new record are basically like, let's express a common sentiment, put it down in a chorus, and we'll build the song around that, and we'll just call it that sentiment. Live in the moment. Live in the moment. Yes. Um, well, I think this one's even more meditative, yeah, or sort of. I think so. Uh, be present mm-hmm. meditation than even their other albums. But yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I don't know the albums as well. Let's, as, let's, so. let's hear a track now. Yeah. Uh, this is. Uh, this is, this is quite a sentiment. Uh, this is darkest part of the night. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, sorry, no, it's not. I got the wrong song. No, I have nothing more to say. Oh yeah, well, there's another that's very. Not, good. That's not the, me. It's the end of that, the podcast. That, no, that, that, that's actually a song title. 
I have nothing more to say off of uh, Teenage Fan Clubs uh, here. Teenage fan, fan club. I have nothing more to say. That's a nice little groovy tune. You know, we were talking during the break about uh, Power Pop, about Sloan and stuff, and something you've brought up, Michael, uh, about how you know a lot of things, and maybe it's an issue, or maybe it's not, is that these bands don't have a face. Mm-hmm. They're so like they're perfecting the craft. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, XTC falls into the, I think this category. Mm. And it's a band that I I do mm. not like at all. Interesting and. Uh, they have a rabid fan base for specifically the craft. Well, also, but I mean, XTC is is, is a much stranger band in a Absolutely. good way than either Teenage Fan Club or Sloan. I mean, XTC yeah. has a very odd lyrical mm-hmm. mentality, and and to their credit, they have a lyrical mentality. Teenage Fan Club love them, but you know, you don't listen to the ideas behind the songs, right? You listen to the you know the melodies or do of the song, you? or do you? Yes. But why are we punishing them for being? Um, well, we're not yet. I mean, are, are you tipping song- your hand? No, but good at songcraft, but not um, having a fully articulated image, right? Or having a a well, um, dynamic center. For, mm-hmm. for for me, it it comes down to the fact that I like music that excites me. I like music right. that like flicks some switch in my brain mm-hmm. where I can't. I, I have to listen to it, and they just don't do that for mm-hmm. me and and like as a musician like ev- yeah. everything they do is like ace yeah it is in fact i think i probably misquoting but like uh i think franz nikolai uh this might be his favorite band and they're like yeah this is the one that everybody wants to be hmm. well because uh, even on this album nothing reaches out and grabs you but there is not uh, maybe you disagree i don't think there's like a bad a poorly made song on the right. album no, right. there's, not, there's nothing badly everything's made. Everything's well built. Everything's well structured. Yeah. Everything has a nice build to it. Well, if you listen to this in comparison to, say, you know, 1991's Bandwagon-esque or some of the other stuff. Well, it's less that fuzzy, was much, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Also, that was much more extroverted yes, musically. This I is agree. much more inward-looking, kind of both lyrically and musically. And that's, 
you know, that's a mature band. They're, you know, mm-hmm. guys, 50s, probably whatever. I don't know. But they've been doing this a long time. And, and, you know, when they were doing the records in the late 1980s and 90s in Glasgow, they were, you know, wrapped up in that kind of movement of the Jesus and Mary chain, a lot of like guitar fuzz and right. loudness and whatever. And they were still writing classic songs then, but there was much more of a force behind them, mm-hmm. both, you know, sonically and in terms of kind of the messaging. But yeah, this feels like a very sort of contemplative, contented band that has yeah. been doing this and, you know, they're happy doing it, but they're not trying to sell themselves. It's anymore. almost like a meditation on trying to stay happy. Mm, yeah, there's yeah. nothing there's nothing like yeah. It's the, the lyrical sensibilities such as they have are are there's a lot of you know, they're much more about being content than being, you know, ecstatic. Mm-hmm. They don't do ecstatic yeah. right now. So what's that gonna mean for the show? I don't know. I'm actually really curious. Like, like I said, I mean, I've, I've listened to this band and I'm now doing unfortunate math in my head for well over 20 years and I've never seen them in concert. I would remember playing songs from their first couple of records. Well, not their first couple of records because a Catholic education, I think. I never heard of it until much it later. It didn't come out in the U.S. right away. It I don't didn't. Think, yeah. and I don't think it got circulated until after 1991. But I was like listening to songs from 1991, 1993's record 13, which is named after a big star song. Yeah, yeah. it's um, so weird. And, and and it's like, this was not a fashionable era to be listening to Big Star either. Um, but I was like, listening to these songs, I was playing them in college radio in the 1990s, and I've never seen them in concerts. So I'm not quite sure what the vibe is. I'm actually very interested to find out whether they're, you know, introverted, uh, sort of inward-looking kind of band, contemplative, mm-hmm. or whether they're really starting to blast out, like, the concept or star sign right. back in the earlier right. days. One of my favorite singles, by the way, which is not a single, I guess, because it wasn't on their Greatest Hits record, is the song Escher Up and Down off 1993's 13. And, and that's one of my very favorite songs. And I was like, who is that by? Because that's one of the things about Teenage Fan Club. You never know who's written the song mm-hmm. until you're actually like looking at the credits. Mm-hmm. They all write. They all sing quite right. well. A lot of times they sing in harmony. You're yeah. not even sure like whose identity it is. It's not like their voices sound that different no, either. That, I think that's a McGinley right. song. Right. And the other McGinley song that everyone knows is um, Your Love is the Place Where I Come From, mm-hmm. which is a quiet kind of ballad on right. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that's the same guy. But you know, Norman Blake, he does sort of acoustic stuff with Joe Pernice in Toronto now. But he was also singing these sort of loud, blustery early nineteen nineties British. Songs. I think Blake was the primary sort of artistic push at the beginning, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's what they and say. Gerald Love, he writes a lot of their now. Yeah, singles, a yeah. lot of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you're right. I mean, like the consistency is a strength, and it's also kind of a, a liability. And you know, I mean, until he, I mean, these people are professionals they've been doing this for a very long time and they've got presumably good lives most of them i think have yeah. families and children and everything like that yeah so when they get back together it's like you know they don't have anything to prove to one another they're they've got decent uh, no, they've got their fans they've, they've got, got decent them. life they, they know when they tour people are going to see them they're they're playing with the 930 club i mean they're not mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not like straggling around looking at little tiny clubs to get gigs now yeah they're still an audience yeah which is yeah in part due to their catalog, I think in part due to just being a merge. I think merge helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, merge, I mean, it's very interesting. Uh, you know, merge always, uh, I think, resonated with these sort of the weird pop bands from Scotland and New Zealand or whatever. They were often like the yeah. emissary for those bands in the United States. So it's yeah. great that merge continues to, to back them. And obviously, there's still an audience for the music. So it works out, I think, pretty well because, you know, they don't have to be. Uh, scrapping it out, you know, on little, uh, you know, internet only releases or whatever. They still have a, mm-hmm. a label with good distribution that's putting their stuff out. Yeah, yeah, and 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 actually, Merge is starting to eat up a bunch of bands just like this. I think so. Yeah, like they're they're in some weird. Uh, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention. They're in a very weird growth phase. 
Yeah. They're like snapping them up left and right. Hmm. And so don't know what's going on, but uh, maybe PJ is listening. He can fill us in. <laughs> so, uh, since you're the lead guy, uh, Michael, <laughs> let's start with you. <laughs> you got three choices in front of you right now. Mm-hmm. You can you can buy a stream or pass this. What are you going to do? I think my, my decision right now is I'm stream with the caveat that I really want to see them in concert and see if the songs maybe get a little more life behind them. Yeah. And if they really excite me in concert, I'd probably would buy it at the show because I'm a big believer in buying the records at the show, which gets the band yeah, a little more money. For sure. And then you also have that, you know, sort of that nice souvenir. Yeah, I got this at the gig and they mm. signed it or whatever it is. So I'm definitely stream right now. And if, and if they really perform well at 930, I would probably would buy it at the, at the venue. Nice. So, so uh, check it out. The stream. Yeah. yeah. Patrick. Um, I sort of run on the line between a stream and a buy, but as of a few hours ago, I think I'm in the buy category. Really? Uh, and this just to top off for a new guy, you're doing great, by the way. Uh, but <laughs> just to top off, or even for an old guy, but uh, just to top off yeah. kind of what you're saying, what's interesting about this for me is the first few listens, I was like, well, nothing's really gripping me, but all of this is sort of pleasant. Yeah. And the more that I've spun it, the more I've kind of gotten into the layers, gotten into the corners of it, gotten into the depths of it. And there's not any point in listening to this that I really want to skip a track. I'm totally fine with it just playing and then starting over again. And it can be on, like, when I'm cooking, it can be on in different places. I can kind of work to it. Like, it's now become very um, user-friendly for me. (laughs) Uh, It took a few listens. And so I think I'm on the, the sort of, just over the line there on the buy side. Give it a buy. Uh, yeah. And it's yeah. it's only sort of getting better. And I, I just want to reiterate, like, I sort of feel this way about the I do the way I do about the um what was the Yola Tango album with the big tree on it? Oh. It had Ohm and it had the other things, which I really liked, but like it's just really well made. Yeah. It's just really well done. It's just people executing at a really high level, not trying to reinvent the wheel. Uh, although that album maybe went in a slightly more new direction for that band than this does, but sure, I sure. just I'm I'm really digging into it. I've, I'm really enjoying it. So. I I am a I am squarely a stream, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's weird. Like I am, I think I'm with everybody here. Uh, we're saying how it grows on you. Something we didn't talk about uh, is as much as an identity is. They don't have a. You don't know like who who the the band is. You know all these people, but. They they do have an identity. You can yeah. you if you hear it, you're probably gonna guess it's Teenage Fan Club. But it seems like you look at songs like Thin Air, which starts off like uh, Thin Lizzy, yeah. And then and then I swear to God, I thought Nels Klein was playing. <laughs> and uh, you know, and on on the next very next song, Hold On, uh, you, it sounds a lot of what the work uh, that Peter Buck was doing in the mm-hmm. in the late '80s and early '90s. So I mean, these are guys that are. Uh, not only have made their own history, but they're paying attention to the history that they sort of came up in. Oh, absolutely, and I mean, that and that's super admirable uh, to me. That said, it's not something I'm going to put on much. Like it, if it pops up on your mix, like an indie rock mix, who me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, then, then yeah, I'll, I'll listen to it. I'll never turn this off. But as a, but as an album as a whole, it's just. Uh, yeah, you know, it's definitely a stream. It's to check it out, mm-hmm. um, especially especially if you haven't heard of these guys. I mean, yeah, this is this sure. is the thing about albums coming out like after they haven't had an album in forever. Mm-hmm. 
you have if you are just now hearing about this band and you didn't do the whole like I love merch I buy everything they buy which <laughs> which you shouldn't do I'm sorry merch you shouldn't be like that that it's like pre-ordering games you just don't do it um then uh if you're just hearing about them like listen to this listen to a few songs we played and then go back and dig back through their catalog well and, and I think I don't know the catalog probably as well as you do Michael but I think. This is probably at the high end of the catalog, all, thing, all yeah, other things being equal. Yeah. I think this is, like, top to bottom, considered one of their more well-reviewed albums from what I've read. I, I think so, but it's... it's certainly it's, not on the bandwagon-esque sort of flat, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the, the pop culture flash right. I'm seeing a lot of 68 in Japan, 57 in Australia, I'm seeing... Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, 57? So. What's that? Howdy was thirty three in the UK. That was in two thousand. Oh, oh, where it is on the charts? Yeah. charts? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I think no, I thing, think the Metacritic score reflects like a, a pretty high end uh, yeah. teenage fan club album. I, I mean, I think the solidity of the album is you know undeniable. I think yeah. it maybe doesn't have the individual high peaks right, of some right. of their past you know singles that really stood out, but it's overall very solid. And I think the solidity makes it a little hard to like pick and choose. We were arguing at the start, like, okay, what songs do you want to spotlight? It's not like there's a clear, like, there are three right, songs right. that everyone has yeah. to listen to. Right. Uh, so, I mean, they, again, you know, suffer from a little bit of, you know. Consistency. Consistency, but, <laughs> yeah. but they're always a solidly yeah. high level. So it's like, it's hard to, it's hard to pin down the exact best yeah. bit. Yep. So uh, there you go, Teenage Fan Club. Mm-hmm. The name of the new album is here. It's out on Merge Records. Uh, thank you for coming down, Patrick. Uh, Michael, thank you for coming down. Hopefully, thank you. Hopefully you want it. Hopefully it'll be like uh, what is it? Uh, uh, home improvement. You just be you be the na- na- neighbor or Kramer yeah. or maybe Seinfeld. Fence. You just be the guy that walks in. Yeah, I hope I'm. Uh, yeah, a little higher level than that. But uh, the other bit, you know, teenage fan club here in DC, October yes, fourteenth. I may go. And, and uh, I'm, actually, I'm super excited. I probably you am going to go. And I'm going to go. Matt, Matt also, will shoot that, won't he? Matt, Matt's going to shoot that. Yeah. But also, uh, Skylar Goodhaz is opening. She's opening. She's yep. great. And That's she's right. amazing. Her right. album this year uh, it was Magnolia. I think is the name. That's your number one for the year, right? It's close to it, actually. <laughs> oh, That's, really? uh, it's it's a, it's a remarkable album. So, uh, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. We'll be back. Teenage Fan Club's Here is available everywhere. Uh, you can buy records now. Uh, maybe you should go out and get it. Maybe maybe you should just check it out in the streaming. I don't know. You know, it, it, uh, it's a, despite any of my misgivings for this record, it's a, it's a groovy little record. It's a fun little record. The show is fantastic. Uh, I'm not sure if they're finishing up their tour now, but they uh, I'm sure they will be out on tour uh, some more throughout the next few months and, and into next year. And uh, they show no sign of slowing down. So, uh, so there you go with that. Um, I mentioned up front that we're going to play a little track by some people uh, we are sort of familiar with. Uh, but the name of the band is Stronger Sex from right here in Washington D.C. Now, this started out, I believe it was uh, it was uh, Johnny Fantastic and sort of a rotating cast of characters. Right now, uh, it seems to be a duo. Uh, it's Johnny Fantastic who is 
He's a guy who has, has played in, in pretty much every band in DC at one point or another. He's he's amazingly um amazingly prolific, uh, amazingly talented. You heard him talk about uh, heard us talk about him and his band at the end of last year. Uh now him and uh, Leia Gage, drummer from Brenda and the North Country, uh have, have teamed up uh and are, they're out on tour now, I believe. And um they uh and they're sort of crushing it. They're, this is they have a new song out called "Dating," uh, that that is one of the first of the new stuff to come out of the time that they've been working together. And uh, as as they wind up their tour back into Washington D.C., they're going to hit a uh, sort of a high point for them at least so far. I mean, playing the Millennium Stage uh, up at the Kennedy Center, which has been sort of taken over by our good friend Paul Vodra over at Hometown Sounds. Uh, he is now the man behind that. Uh, so it's. Uh, yeah, it's, it's some groovy stuff going down and some groovy tracks uh, that are being made around town. So in in a, in a year that has been sort of slow here in D.C. music, it's nice to see something like this pop up at, uh, by the end of the year. So uh, without further ado, uh, get ready to get your jam on. Uh, here you go. This is this is Stronger Sex with their latest track, Dating. Dating.
Stronger Sex with their song Dating. Uh, that is, I think, going to be out on the 23rd for you to buy. Uh, you're going to be hearing this on the 20th, but it's going to be coming out on the 23rd for you to buy, uh, you know, support the arts and do it. It's just one track on Bandcamp, uh, but, it, you know, every every little bit counts. Uh, hopefully, uh, we're going to get uh, at least Johnny in here, maybe Johnny and Leia, I'm not sure, to uh, talk about Stronger Sex before the year is out. Uh been sort of chatting with Johnny about about our schedule, which is, if you believe it or not, we are actually booked up uh, for what we are going to try to do this year uh, till the end of the year, pretty much. So I'm going to try to make room for them because, uh, like I said, they were one of our favorite uh, local bands last year, and uh, and you know they're just they're just badass, and they're one of the few bands I haven't been able to see live. So hopefully, I'm going to be making it out to the Kennedy Center show. If not, uh, I will have to see them soon after because this track is just. Uh, they just keep getting better. Just keep getting better. Uh, that's our podcast for this week. If you like what you hear, uh, please subscribe to us in iTunes. You can uh, leave us a, a rating there. You can leave us a message. Uh, you can subscribe to us in Google Play. You can do that in Stitcher. You can do it in Mixcloud. Uh, we have the last two episodes. Uh, every They wrote that out up on SoundCloud right now. So if, if you're a SoundCloud person, you can do that. Uh, if your name is Mary McLaughlin, I will email you uh, our episodes because uh, sometimes technology is just you know it's a pain in the ass. And uh, so, so if you need that service uh, within reason, I will. I, I might do that. But you can also listen to it right on the site. Uh, also mentioned this last week. If you look on the site now, uh, below everything, we try to keep it sort of out of the way. Uh, so you've got like what the episode's about. You got the episode. You got some show notes, some good links. You got a track. This week's going to be stronger sex, but below that, we've got what we call them tip jar. Now, what that is is, you know, we've done this now for almost six years, and uh, and we have done it. Uh, this has been purely actually out of my pocket, uh, but we've done it with no support. This is, and it's not that expensive, but uh, you know, we there's been a cast of characters here. A lot of people working really hard uh, that aren't named Kevin, and uh, so we're sort of making the conscious decision that like, hey. We want to figure out how to organically uh, support this and, and make this uh, a thing, just like a side thing, for all the people involved. So uh, the first step here is that tip jar. So what that means is that you can click on the tip jar, and it's a donation form. It's powered by Stripe, so you don't have to worry about it. Uh, you can look it up. It's verified. Everything's good. You basically, It's basically just like using PayPal. Uh, so you, 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 you click on the button. You say, yeah, I want to support you guys. One dollar is more than enough. We'd be happy with that. If you want to give us ten, if you want to give us twenty, that's fine. If you want to give us a hundred thousand, you then own the podcast, and we will do your bidding. Uh, so keep that in mind, advertisers. Um, uh, but that's it, you know. And and what that money goes for is uh, maybe new mics. Goes for some mobile recording gear. It most definitely will go to uh, some of the beer we consume when we're down here. Uh, because you know this is this is like a hangout when we do these things, so it'll go to that. Uh, it'll go to some of the food that I cook for people sometimes when I'm not too busy. Uh, so you know all that makes this this whole thing uh, go around, and uh, yeah, every little bit helps. Uh, but we ain't mad if if you if you don't feel it. It's all good, man. Um, that's your podcast for this week. So uh, we're gonna be back next week, starting off with a great interview with Sarah Watkins. So look for that on Monday. Uh, until then, be good to yours, but be better to your people. We'll talk to you soon.
Kenobi. <laughs> 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 <laughs>